0: Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Sweet Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at Let's Torah at gmail.com, and I will answer as many questions as I can. We've all had a nice break, holidays, vacations, relaxing, hang out with the kids. Hopefully, everyone's back in the swing of things. And for those who actually get to teach like me, for those who are still home um, quarantined, okay, the vaccines are out there. Hopefully, we'll get those vaccines out there. People will take the vaccines, and we will hopefully look at this um, COVID in our rearview mirror and be able to move on. That's, that is our hope, and that's what we're looking for. Yeah, we talk about the weather. I don't know why we talk about the weather. You know, I'm getting up. Actually, I'm going to disappear in a couple weeks again because I have my midwinter break. And I tell you guys all the time, we go snowmobiling and and, and tubing. And I, I just called my friends up on the farm. And it is warmer in the uh, in north, uh, not northern Michigan, but uh, north of where I am by a couple hours. It's warmer up there. That it is here, and there's no snow here, and there's no snow there, but we are going to figure it out. While we spend our time figuring it out, we got more important things to do. We are in the second book. And I thought it would be interesting to talk about the most important person that we deal with throughout the Torah, and that, of course, is Moses. And I said to myself, you know, I was sitting down doing some preparations and I said, you know what, you know what I I think we got to talk about? We got to talk about who is Moses? You know, every time I start a show, if I interview somebody um, and I'll say, uh, who is whoever my guest is on the other line? And if I had, not that Moses is coming on my show, but if Moses were to come on my show and I said, who is Moses? What would the answer be? You know, I mean, I think that's something fascinating to think about. Who is Moses? And we got to start at the beginning. We got to go through the story. And maybe at the at the very end of our show today, um, if we had to answer that question. I mean, the truth is the Torah answers that question. You know, I'm going to write myself a little note over here. Um, Who is Moses? What he would say, because the Torah really tells us. But got to write that note or I'm going to forget, you know, me. But let's, let's, let's talk about everything. So first of all, it is, it is fascinating. There is very little in the Torah about Moses' early years. We don't really talk about it. We have a few hints, and maybe those hints are, are what's going to open up our mind and open up our eyes to who he was or what the Torah wants us to think about who he was. First things first. Um, and we'll talk about in the next show um, how we got to this point But the Torah tells us that a man from Levi, that means from the tribe of Levi, his name happened to have been Amram, but we don't even find out his name is Amram till next week's Torah portion. He marries a daughter of Levi, and they have a kid. And a few months later, he's born early, and a few months later, they put him in a basket, and they put him in the river, and the daughter of Pharaoh finds him and takes him home. That's it. I mean, come on. I mean, whenever you're talking about the greatest people in history, usually there's a lot of stuff. Look at other religions, man. There's a lot of stuff that goes into the birth. And here, there's nothing there. A man marries a lady, and they have a kid. I don't know who the man is. Is he important? Is he not important? Is he a scholar? Is he not a scholar? Does his wife come from royalty? Who is he? Who, who is Moses? Where does he come from? So as I, so I saw this week, that's really the answer. The answer is we don't care who Moses comes from. It is not inherited. The fact that he became leader, he's going to take the Jewish people out of Egypt and he's going to lead them through the Red Sea and he's going to lead them through the desert and he's going to um, get the Torah, the tablets from God. There's, there's nothing important about where he comes from. Now, again, it happens to be his parents were very important people. Happens to be. It happens to be his father was the leader. It happens to be his mother was a granddaughter of Jacob, a very special person in her own right. One of the midwives that uh, the Pharaoh we're going to talk about in the next segment, that the Pharaoh starts up with. That's really where he comes from. So how come the Torah glosses over it completely? Again, it would make the most sense to say... And the leader married the greatest lady. And, and between them, they had this amazing child. The Torah does not mention this at all. It is a, it is a complete side point. So, so the first thing we have to think about is that Moses became great because he worked on it. He became a great person. He, again... God's helping. We're going to see God did a lot of things to get Moses in the right position that he could become that great leader, but he was going to have to work on it because if he wasn't going to work on it, it wasn't going to happen. In other words, God is not giving you for free. Here's your ticket. You are the leader. God wants Moses to be the leader. He's going to to set him up where all the things he needs are right there for him. But if he doesn't take it, if he doesn't put in the effort, if he doesn't do what it takes, it's not happening. I don't like to jump around too much, but I do anyways. Um, just to give you a, an example, just to show you that you got to earn it. Um, when Moses is on the way back from Jethro, and we're going to get through the story, but I just, I'm just going to throw this in. When Moses on the way back from Jethro, going into Egypt, because God has already appointed him and said, Moses, you are taking out the people. It's after the burning bush. And Moses on his way down, he gets to the inn, and he had not circumcised his son because it was dangerous traveling. But now that he's by the inn, that should be um, his first, uh, first thing he takes care of. He should take care of circumcising his son. And he delays. And the angel comes, and the angel's going to kill him. He says, wife, Sapporah goes ahead, and she gives the child the circumcision, and Moses is spared. But what does that mean? What does that tell you? That tells you that if you don't deserve to be the leader, if Moses doesn't do what it takes to be that leader, then he's dead. It's all over. He won't be the leader. I. What will be with the Jewish people? We have a problem. God has a problem. But if Moses is going to be the leader, he has to earn it and continuously earn it. So it's not being handed to him. It's not because of who his father was. It's not because of who his mother was. It's not who his family was. It's got to be him. So the first thing the Torah portion is teaching me, when it tells me that Moses had a father and a mother, okay, he's not from God. He has a father and a mother. He's a regular human being with the same issues that every human being has, and he's going to have to earn the right to be the leader. Now, God's going to do things for him that if he chooses to lead, then he's in the perfect place to be that leader. But he must, must earn it. That is first and foremost that he's got to earn it. Okay, good. Now, so um, what's the story? So the -the behind-the-scenes story is that um, the Pharaoh had already decreed that he's killing all the babies. So Moses' parents decided, like, why should we stay married? Like, what's the point, right? In other words, they're just going to take the kid. They're going to kill the kid. So we'll separate. And since these were the leaders of the Jewish people, if they'll separate, everybody will separate, there won't be kids born. And they'll sort of force God's hand into saying, God, uh, we're not having kids. The Jewish people is going to disappear unless you take us out of this situation. Along comes Moses' older sister, Miriam. And and she tells her father, it was a prophecy, but she tells her father, You're worse than Pharaoh. Pharaoh only decreed on the boys, you're decreeing on the girls. Pharaoh's decree, maybe God will let it happen, maybe God won't let it happen. Your decree for sure is gonna happen. So Amram listened to, right? You have to get that picture in your mind. The you have a great leader. Um, with present politics, it becomes a little harder to find a great leader. But uh, put in your mind someone you consider a great leader. And some five-year-old girl comes and says he's a wicked, rotten person. And uh, this great leader should listen to the five-year-old girl. Ridiculous. But Adam understood that she had a point. That was his greatness. He understood he had made a mistake. So he remarries, or he re-gets back together with Yochebed, Moses' mother. Moses born three months early. The Egyptians were searching homes um, only um, when they thought a child was going to be born. You can't walk into people's houses every day. There's too many people's houses. But they saw, oh, they got remarried. They'll probably have a kid in nine months. Or if they're going to have a kid, it'll be in nine months. So we'll show up in nine months. So for three months, Moses hanging out in that house. What happens? The Three months is up. They know the Egyptians are going to come Check out the situation. So they make a basket and they put Moses in the reeds. And on the way out the door, by the way, Amram says to his daughter, says, uh, so what's with your prophecy? Miriam knew that God was going to do something, like I asked my class. If you knew that there was a miracle going to take place around the corner, you're getting yourself a chair. You're going to go sit in the chair. You'll have maybe a, a glass of cold water if you're me. Or you'll have a can of soda if you're my kids. And you're going to wait for the show to start because you know uh, something's going to have to happen. So Miriam is going to watch. Sure enough, the daughter of Pharaoh shows up. She's bathing the river. She sees the baby. Either her maidservant goes against the baby or other commentaries say she stretched out her arm and her arm stretched for many, many feet. miraculously she pulls in the baby. And she tries to find somebody to nurse the baby and nobody wants to... Well, Moses wouldn't nurse many of the ladies... Commentaries say Moses is going to be speaking to God So he doesn't want Any of these Egyptian ladies uh, Feeding Moses Miriam comes and says I know a lady Who could probably feed him She calls Yecheved Yecheved comes Feeds him And now Moses is in the perfect spot Because The daughter of Pharaoh says Okay, you could feed this child Um, I'm going to pay you Because you're feeding my baby I found this baby by the river So it's really my baby But you're going to feed him, so I'm going to pay you. And look, for the next couple of years, two years in those days, um, you're going to be feeding Moses, so uh, just keep him in your house. And don't worry about all these crazy people running around killing babies. I'm going to have royal palace guards right outside your tent, and they will make sure that nobody starts up with my baby great idea fantastic idea uh, so I mean that's God's joke right that uh, the Pharaoh makes a decree to kill Moses some say his whole point was not to just kill Jewish babies but his astrologist told him that the leader is being born so he's out to kill the, that future leader and in the meanwhile he is paying for that future leader's protection So, okay, that's God's sense of humor, as uh, Rabbi Wine likes to say. So, again, this is a little problematic because I told you that Moses has to earn it, but the astrology said it was going to be Moses. So I told you, it's both. And I was, God is going to create a situation where the perfect leader is going to be born with the life he's going to lead if he chooses to become the person he has to become. as it's not free. He can't just sit down on his lounge chair and have his pina colada, uh, but he's going to be the leader. There's no way that's going to happen. Moe's going to have to become that super spiritual person, that he will be the only one in history that can talk to God, as we say, face to face. He doesn't have to be in a dream. He doesn't have to like be in an epileptic seizure to talk to God. He can stand and talk to God, but he's going to have to earn it. He has the ability to earn it. But he's going to have to earn it. So now we need to get into the next important thought. Um, And that is, why does Moses have to be raised in Pharaoh's palace? Why? Like, come on. You want this person to be the leader, the future leader of the Jewish people? Let him grow up in a spiritual environment with fathers that study Torah all day and mothers that you know will say psalms and will be religious and will be spiritual and and in that amazing environment is where Moses should be raised to be raised in the palace in the palace with 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 idolaters with non-believers where, where spirituality is as far away as you can imagine why so there's a few different answers but they're all probably in 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 the same in the same concept. Number one, if Moses is raised by his parents, he will be raised in a slave mentality. For them, right? In Egypt, if you are raised with a slave mentality, you will not be able to lead the Jewish people. It's just not going to happen. You, you just can't do it. You, you don't have the right mindset. God needs to get Moses out of that slave mentality. Now again, that means that if it doesn't work... Right? then the Jewish people really are up the creek. But Moses has to be raised in a royal palace. He has to feel about himself, that self-confidence. He has to feel and be royal. If he doesn't feel royal, he will not be able to lead. It's going to be impossible. Um, not only that, the Ebenezer says that he needs to have the self-confidence to do brave acts, to be a brave person. If he was raised a slave, that concept of being brave is out the window. It doesn't exist. What do you mean I'm brave? Brave for what? Right? I, I do bricks. I always joke with my class. Um, I was one time by the auto show. I mean, a few times by the auto show. But one of the times I was there, I was speaking to a guy. And I asked him, yeah, what do you do? I pour cement. It sounded like a little, you know, whatever. He pours cement. Good. You know, a job is a job. Um, I said, oh, you know, interesting. Uh, You know, here we are looking at fancy cars, right? I said, you ever think you're doing other stuff? I just... I remember his tone of voice even. I just pour cement. I said, yeah, pouring cement is great, but like, you know, you ever think of other stuff? I just pour cement. Okay. That was that guy's mentality. If my mentality is that I'm a slave, then my mentality is I'm a slave. I'm not brave. I don't start up. I don't stand up for my rights I'm a slave. And we're not going to get into, but certainly um, that's something that historically, look at America, right? The um, African-Americans have certainly gone through where there, were, there was that whole period of time that there was, there was a slave mentality. And it's, it's so hard to break out of. You, you need special leaders that can get you out of that frame of mind, right? That's why whenever a slave escaped, he was petrified that his master would come get him because they, they didn't have the ability to fight back. That's part of slave mentality. You have to get rid of that. You need leaders that don't have that as part of their makeup. Otherwise, you're, 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 as we say, you're up the creek. Um, others say for another reason, by the way, that if Moe's going to come to take him out, so the people, the Jewish people would not be impressed with him. They wouldn't want to listen to him. Hey, eh, you're just like us. You're just another slave. Why do you think you can take us out? Why do you think you can lead us? Who do you think you are? But if he's coming from the palace, so the people can have that ability to see that there's more to Moses than anybody else. Now, by the way, so there, Barbanel says that, okay, so we're, we're, we're trying to give you a picture of of where Moses is coming from, right? So he's born to parents, regular people. Now, they weren't regular people. They were special people. But Moses is going to have to earn it. He has the ability to earn it. He's raised in the palace where he can become something special. He can, he can get rid of slave mentality, become royal. Then the Torah tells me a couple stories of things Moses did. He... Uh, he goes out to check on his brothers, right He has empathy. he sees what's happening to the Jewish people, but he's not living it because if he's living it, then he can't he can't be incensed with it. he can't be upset about it, but he can go see what's happening. He can see two brothers he can see an Egyptian beating a Jewish person and kill that Egyptian. He can see two Jewish brothers fighting, and he can say this is wrong and he can and he can uh, blast them. He can say, this is not how you fight. We don't fight. That's wicked. right? He, he can do these things. He can go run away from Egypt. He can go to well in Midian. He can see Jethro's daughters being uh, taken advantage of. And he can stand up and say, this is not how we do things. You don't just, because they're a bunch of girls, you don't get to chase them away. I'm going to protect them. I'm going to feed the sheep for them. Right? He... Moses in the palace can learn royalty, he can learn leadership, he can develop courage, he can show as he's growing up that he is brave and he has courage, and he can become fearless. And that is what he's going to need when it comes time to lead the Jewish people, because he's going to come back to Egypt, and he's gonna, he has to go to the Pharaoh. He's going to have to argue the Pharaoh. He's going to have to, in the nicest way, basically threaten the Pharaoh. He's going to have to deal with the Jewish people and throughout the desert. There's a lot of stuff that Moses is going to have to deal with, something that a regular leader never deals with. I mean, how many times are we going to learn about from his own people, Moses has to deal with people. He has and uh, Iverium, they're tattletaling him to the king to get him killed. He's going to have the insurrection with Korach. He's going to have numerous times in the desert where people come and blame him why they don't have food and why they don't have water and, and why are they traveling so long. He has to deal with stuff over and over and over again. And if he's not given the wherewithal to deal with it, he won't be the greatest leader. Moses. You know, uh, he could have, he was in the palace. Right, he could have sat back and said, "I know people are suffering, but I got it good." And since I got it good, uh, I'm just going to sit here and relax. Right, he could have done that, but he chose not to. Moses chose to be the leader that God set him up for. Again, God set him up that he had. He's in the right place to become that person. But if he doesn't take it and say, "I will be that leader. I will be spiritual. I will be great. I will be humble," right? which is what I wanted to get to, to, to get to our final point. If you're going to ask Moses, who is Moses? Now, he can't say some of the things that he should say because, because the Torah says he's the most humble person. Nobody says, I'm a humble person, right? That's a problem. But Moses is called the servant of God, right? In other words, if you're going to ask somebody, who is Moses? That the Torah tells us. Moses is the servant of God. He does what God wants. God wants him to lead. He's gonna lead. He's gonna become spiritual so he can talk to God, so he can speak with God. So he can be the conduit between God and the Jewish people. And he knows God wants him to lead. And he's gonna do, he's gonna take the all the skills that he's amassed over his lifetime, and he's gonna use those to serve God. How is he gonna serve God? In Moses' case, he's gonna, he's gonna do what God says. God says, go to Pharaoh. He's going to Pharaoh. God says, take the Jewish people out. He's taking the Jewish people out. E- every time the Jewish people need somebody to stick their neck out, Moses sticks his neck out. They do the golden calf. Moses prays to God. He says, you're not going to forgive them. Um, you might as well erase me from your Torah. Right? So, so Moses is the servant of God. He's taking care of the Jewish people. He is the leader. He understands how to deal with Pharaoh. Understands how to deal with the Jewish people we even have in this week's Torah portion where Moses the shepherd the leaders of the Jewish people were always shepherds I can't say modern because we don't we're not we don't like I mean some people I guess raise sheep but not the way they did the shepherd had had it had the the um, he, he could get the skills needed for leadership because sheep are like individuals you have to give take care of each sheep individually this one eats the fat grass. This one eats the soft grass. This one, you have to make sure they get the water. This one, you have to make sure not drinking too much water. So Moses has to run after that sheep that runs away. When Moses gets to it and sees it's thirsty, and God sees that Moses figured out how to take care of individuals, because the Jewish people as a nation is still filled with individuals. So um, God says, "Okay, he's ready." That's where God will will uh, will will come to the. To the uh, to the burning bush, Moses will be curious. He sees the burning bush, bush. He wants to check it out, and already my music is playing. And I've tried really hard to give you a good feeling and a good understanding of who Moses is, but the music is playing. So we gotta we gotta put a uh, an exclamation point on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it, short and sweet. Thank you, of course, to our wonderful sponsor, listeners. You know, I can't do it without you. Thank you to my production team. We have David and Kelsey in the back. Until next time, I am Rabbi T. Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah at NRM Streamcast. And until next time, don't forget to think about it. There's a house we can-